Good morning, family. So lovely to have all of you. Um, so um, we're going to start with a, with a couple of prophetic words this morning. And uh, um, I'm going to ask Jenny. To, where's Jenny? You're going to come share, please, Jenny. Just come and have a seat here quickly. But before that, um, yeah, yes. So, uh, I, uh, I, I, Joey, I feel the Lord has a word for you, my friend. Uh, it's so nice having you here. And uh, I feel the Lord wants to just uh, speak this over you. Donna, I'm glad you're still in here. Uh, you can sit with Joey if you want to, but it's, it's not necessary. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, uh, so, Joey, I really feel the Lord saying that um, his inheritance that he has for you is great. His call that he has on your life is great. He's made you into be a vessel that will pour his glory into the nations. I really feel the Lord saying that he is proud of you that he loves you, that you are designed from before you were born exactly as he wanted you. And his inheritance for you is great. His inheritance is great. Amen. Yeah, it's so lucky having you guys here. And uh, I'm super excited to share with you this morning because... Um, I, uh, as you know, I've been teaching a little bit about faith and knowledge and, you know, that series of how it works, following the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I was prepared to preach that this morning, and the Holy Spirit came to me as I woke up and said, no, this is what I want you to say. And so I'm going to share something straight from what I feel is the heart of the Lord for us this morning. Um, and before I do that, I would like Jenny to share, uh, and then actually for Declan to share, because um, uh, uh, they both kind of... Uh, Jenny said to me at the back, hey, are you preaching? I'm feeling something from the Lord. And I said, okay, you've got to share that. And then I'm, as I came to the front here to hear what Gavin and everyone was saying, Declan was sharing something very similar. So, um, Jenny, you first. So I was praying for a friend today, this morning, and um, I was reminded of like Jonah and the belly of the whale and all the different um, sort of servants of God that have been in prison and all these things. And when it looked really dark, there are these moments where God breaks in. I mean, if I was sitting in the belly of a fish, I don't think I'd feel very hopeful. Um, and then these moments where God breaks in and he does these things. And then God led me to Revelation 1, um, which I've read lots of times before. But I was reading, and I mean, John's sitting basically in prison on the island of Patmos. And um, he says, it's the Lord's day. And I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast, write in the book everything you see and send it to the seven churches. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw the seven gold lampstands and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool and as white as snow and his eyes were like flames of fire. 
His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I was dead. And I've read that part a lot, and like, you know, we look on this, this glorified Jesus, and then this just struck me today. It says, but he put his hand on my shoulder. And he said to me, don't be afraid. And I just felt for many of us, as we, I felt to Lucas, said to Lucas this morning, I felt like the Lord said that as we look on him, and he's so powerful, and we see him in his glorified state, sitting on his throne, and he's mighty to save, I feel like he wants to reach into our prisons, into our dark moments, and put his hands on our shoulders in intimacy and say, don't be afraid, I'm near. Um, so when I was at home this, this morning and praying, I was, uh, I was just praying for all the, the sin in our lives, all the, the things that pack onto our heart and into our mind, whether it be lust or gossip or just bitterness, all these things. And I felt the Lord say that he wants to come in and work on a new canvas. He wants to make the canvas new. You know, an artist's canvas, sometimes if you look at a canvas, you see all the different color paints. And in this picture, all the different color paints were all the, the blotches of the, all the different sins. And then the artist can't work, but I felt the Lord say he wants to come and make that canvas new. He wants to come and paint it white so he can begin um, a work in us again. And sometimes I, I feel some of us maybe are blocked from going forward, from worshiping, from, from doing what the Lord wants us to do because of sin in our lives. And it says in Acts chapter 3, 19, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. And when the song was singing about draw me back to you, the Lord has a way of drawing us back to him. And sometimes it's through repentance. It's through the blood of Jesus. It's through repenting and saying, Lord, I have sinned. I want to come back to you. And then it says times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Because he wants to make, make that canvas of our hearts new that he can come and work again in us. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Declan. Um, Lord, would you come and speak now? Would you open our hearts and our eyes to hear you and see you? In Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, it's interesting how Jenny had the word about Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. Because I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me from Revelation chapter 2. And it's what that Jesus says to the seven churches. And uh, he took me to three specific churches, the church in Ephesus, the church in Thyatira, and the church in Sardis. And there are, there are portions of what he says to the church that I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to Sunningdale AM, us as a family. So don't think of this as the Lord speaking to another church in Asia Minor. This is the Lord this morning applying and speaking to us. Is that okay? And in Revelation chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, he speaks to the church in Ephesus. And he says, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake with COVID. 
Oh, sorry, it doesn't say with COVID. And you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. Does this sound like what Declan was saying? If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The good news was Jesus said, you have endured. You have been patient. You have not grown weary. And I can look across this congregation and I can see many of you. And I know you have endured. You're still in the faith. You're still in church. You're still in community. You've not grown weary. You're still serving Sunday after Sunday. You're still waiting for the Lord to deliver what He's promised. And the Lord says, well done. It's good. And then He says, but, this one thing I have against you. And essentially He says, you've moved from a place of love to a place of duty. You're serving, you're persevering, you're your involvement, your service, it started off because you loved me. But now, it's because you're faithful. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not without faithfulness. And I feel the Holy Spirit is calling us back to love. The call of the Lord Jesus when He says, follow me, is to a daily intimate walk. Not into a daily or weekly grind. He says, otherwise, if you don't come back to love, I'm going to remove your lampstand. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus speaking says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles or works in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. You say, hold on, these people are prophesying in his name. They are casting out demons in the name of Jesus. They are doing many works and miracles in the name of Jesus. And to those people, he says, get away from me, I never knew you. Wow. And why? Because 
He says, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. What is the will of my Father? What is the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. He's calling us back to love. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus teaches. And he says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. Could you say extra oil? When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord. Do you notice a similarity? Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Do you see a similarity? So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. At the beginning of the parable, it's important to notice that there were ten. And they all went to get ready. But five did not take enough oil. And five took extra oil. What is the oil? Love. All ten of them were standing at the door. All ten of them, when the shout came, the bridegroom is here, they got ready, they prepared their lamps. They were all in the service every Sunday. They were all going to community, but five had love, and the others didn't. And Jesus said to those other five, I don't know you. It's a harsh word it seems but Jesus is coming glorious one and he's saying it it doesn't matter about your duty and your service yes I love it and thank you and thank you for persevering but come back to loving me please he's coming and he's putting his hand on your shoulder and he's saying I love you please love me too In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus stood on the Mount of Olives. Verse 3, his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all of this happen? What sign will signal your return at the end of the world? Right? Because we want to be ready. We want to be bridesmaids that are ready, full of oil, full of love for Jesus. And so they say, how do we know when you're coming? Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. 
and you will hear of wars and threats of wars in the Ukraine, but don't panic. No, it doesn't say in the Ukraine. Yet these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. <coughs> then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many people will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. And then listen to it. Sin will be rampant everywhere. There will be blotches all over the canvas. Sin will be rampant everywhere. Out the church and in the church. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures what? Loving him. Loving him. Do you know that there will be many believers in hell? Jesus said, even the demons believe and shudder with fear. And they will be in hell. It's not enough to believe. We have to love. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will love me. And if you love me, you will obey me. One Corinthians chapter 13 is the chapter, or chapter 12 is the chapter, or it is 13 actually, on love. And in verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and I understand all mysteries, and have all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, right? So if you understand that series that I'm preaching on, I know it's taking time, but that's cool. We're following the Holy Spirit here. If you have all knowledge... And if you have all faith, and if you perform every work, and if you cast the mountains into the sea with your faith, but have not love, you have nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Nothing. And so, he gives the solution. Like Declan said, repent. Return to your first love. An intimate walk with the Lord. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him personally. Walking with him. Waiting at his feet every morning. Waiting in his word, searching for him. Listening to the Spirit's voice. Knowledge puffs up, but love will build us up. 
The second word, and if that first word applied to anybody, keep it. We're going to respond at the end. Is that okay? Is it, are you all all right? You still with me? I love you. I want you to know that. I do. I'm not trying to spank you. And the Lord loves us. That's why he's calling us. The second one is to the church in Thyatira, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write the words of the Son of Man, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. What was Jenny's word? Remember the Son of Man. Remember the King of the universe. These are his words. I know your works your love and faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed the first. He says, I know all that you're doing for me. It's great. I know how you've persevered. I know even your love that you have for one another. So now he's speaking to a church that has love. And he says this, but this I have against you. That you tolerate. That you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality. And to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent. But she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed. And those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation. Unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. So there are those of us who tolerate sexual immorality and impurity and who tolerate idols in our lives. You see, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must forsake all else and follow me. We can't follow him and remain sexually immoral. We can't follow him and remain idolaters. And so he comes alongside us and he says, I've given you time to repent. But you've chosen not to. The Bible says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. What's the way to respond to the second message? Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. 
I'm sorry for everything that I've thought that is wrong before you. I'm sorry for everything that I've seen that is wrong before you. And I'm sorry for everything that I've done that is wrong before you. Because He is the Holy One. He says, I am the one who searches mind and heart, and I will give you according to your works. He says, I will kill your children. Do you know what will happen if we tolerate these things? Our children will be dominated by them. There's a song. There's a song. Um, I forget what they're called. Um, and it goes, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. And be uh, casting crowns. And be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then it says, because, be careful, little feet, where you go. Because the little feet that are behind you will follow. We don't talk about curses and stuff. But Jesus says, if you don't repent, I'll put it on your kids. Okay? You still with me? Love for the world. Jesus said, don't love the world or the things in the world. They're all passing away. They're all going to be burnt up. Don't love business. Don't love things. Don't love surfing. I'm talking to myself. Because love for the world is evidence of love for God growing cold. Do you know what I find in my life? Things become attractive to me. I was just in London for two weeks. I'm trying to sell a piece of land that I've had for 12 years, trying to get rid of it. And the people who are interested, they approached and they said, we want your land, but we know you're an amazing developer. We want you to come and work with us, and we will partner with you, and we will share everything with you. You will make tens of millions. Come and join us. Will I love the world or will I follow Jesus? At the end of my 70, 80, 90 years, I will either have a big bank account here or there. One Corinthians chapter seven. From verse 17, this is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. 
and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. I'm going to read that. That was from the ESV. I'm going to read it to you in the New Living. And I'm going to add one more verse to it. Is that okay? But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. I know when you're young, Nick, Nia, Stacey, Kyra, Chris, Mike, Josh. I said when you're very young, Gavin. You're in my category now. Ash, Buchle, Gabby. I'm not going to name all of you. Ash. When you're young, it looks like there's an eternity ahead in, the, in my life. But listen, he says, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not only focus on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please Him. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. Hear that. Hear the heart of the Lord as He puts His hand on your shoulder. I'm saying this for your benefit. See? A good heart, a kind a gentle heart is saying this for our benefit. Not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. And then in Romans chapter 13, this is the last scripture for message number two. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. This is the response. If there is sexual immorality in your heart or in your mind, or if there's an idol, there's a thing that takes your time and your attention before Christ, he says, remove your dirty deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness. 
of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let you, yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Make your focus clothing yourself with the presence of Jesus Christ. It's the same as the first message. Love the Lord your God. Make Him the focus of your life. And the final message. This is the one to Sardis. And it's in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. If there's one person I don't want against me, it's Christ. If Christ be for me, who can be against me? But I tell you, if Christ be against you, Sunningdale AM, you wonderful, beautiful family that I love. We have a reputation of being alive. We have visitors coming every Sunday. We have good reports. Things are exciting and things are going well. We have a wonderful team of elders who love the saints. We have a wonderful team of deacons who serve so well and love. We have amazing community leaders who give themselves week after week. And we have saints that are committed and who loved coming to church and to community. We have a reputation of being alive. We have life in our services, don't we? We have the moving of the Holy Spirit among us, don't we? We're submitted to the Spirit of God. But I felt the Lord challenge. Lucas, you're here outside welcoming, greeting everyone because I told you to do that. And the Spirit told me to do that. And I do it every Sunday and I love it. I love to see your beautiful faces and to hug you. I love to greet people who are here for the first time. I'm so excited to see them. But what happens on Monday? Tuesday, Wednesday morning before community, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What happens in your relationship with Jesus? What happens in your love for each other? The Lord is calling us to a whole life of integrity. A whole life that is always the same. 
not to a Sunday and a Wednesday. In England, in London, there's the tube, the train. And when it gets to the station, everyone who's on the platform, and they announce, mind the gap between the platform and the train. And the Lord is calling us to live a life with no gap between our Christian days and our other days. I feel the Lord calling us to pick up the call that He has on each one of our lives. He says in His Word, wake up. Wake up. That day, there's not much time left. Don't waste your life. Don't hide in the crowd. We're doing great. We will not be judged as a congregation one day. It will be each one before the Lord. Mervis has been called to go to Sunningdale PM. Isn't that sad? It is for me. I expected yes. It is sad. Did I see it coming? To be honest with you, the Holy Spirit spoke to us as, as elders when we went away, and He told me, many of you will be going. Like eagles flying away out of the nest. Why? To make room for the young eagles to rise, to grow. So I kind of saw it coming, but when it came, I was surprised. I cried for a couple of days. I really did. I grieved. I don't know. It was weird. But I'm not sorry for it because I do love him. And I have loved the season of ministering and, and learning from him. You know what it's like to have Mervis in an elders meeting? It's like you've got two Holy Spirits. <laughs> it's just one gives nice hugs. And so his season is up with us. Do you know, when I moved to the Isle of Man, I met a couple called Robert and Regina Ripamonti. And they had five sons whom they homeschooled. Annie and I have five children who we homeschool. It's not a coincidence. We didn't aim for five because they have five. But we do homeschool because they taught us the value of that and also how to. And we saw the results in their sons that we want to have in our children. But when I met Robert, he was 48. And his sons, his youngest was about six Robert is now 73, and I am 46. 
And my youngest is five. And I had Jonathan Stanfield over for dinner last night, and he stayed with me. And we caught up, and I was able to honor him and thank him for the role that he's played in my life, how he spoke into my life, how he kept me on the straight and narrow when I was in business, how he spoke straight to me. Lucas, where are you? Lucas, what example are you being to your children? You're off flying off at developments the whole time. What about the Lord? What about the Lord? What about the things of the kingdom, Lucas? Yeah, I love him so much. And I said to him, how's Robert? He said, he's still loving God, but his age is showing. Season is very short. I'm now the age that he was when I met him. And I remember thinking, yeah, this guy's old. <laughs> Just one more season. How's Lucas doing? Yeah, he's good. He loves the Lord, but his age is showing. And then 1 Corinthians 7 continues. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved by the world. And I'm going to finish with one last scripture, and then we're going to respond. Is that okay? Are you all still with me? And this is Romans chapter 12. And uh, verse 1 in the NIV, in, which is my preference of this particular verse, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. In view of God's mercy. The good news is if we've never loved Jesus, or if we have our love has faded or cooled, or if we've become overtaken again by sexual sin or sexual thoughts or pornography or adultery or we've gotten into the wrong relationship at any stage in the spectrum from never knowing him to having known him and having turned back from him the good news is as long as you can hear me there is time to repent repent means God I'm sorry I've sinned I want to come back to you. That's the mercy of God. We can't earn it. We don't have to live a good life to get to him. It's free. Because Jesus paid the price for our sins at the cross. That's the good news. And in view of that, in view of that good news, the Spirit is speaking to us this morning. 
And he says, in view of that, in view of eternity with God to come, in view of great glory to come, I beg you to give yourself to God. To live your life completely for Him. Remember, Jesus' hand on your shoulder. It's for your benefit. And then he continues. Let them be a living. I've switched now to the NLT. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I know you thought that we were worshiping this morning, and we were. But the real way to worship him is to give yourself wholly to him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. And let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Do you know, um, I have a, a group of friends in the church. We meet up every so often. One of them is Graham Brown. And he came to me last week at church. Do you remember? You may not remember. He said, I had this word. I don't know if it's for the congregation. Maybe it's just for you. Do you remember? And it was a, it was a word about a, a drill, an oil drill that was drilling for stuff. And the word was something along the lines of, uh, I saw this drill, but it, had, it was drilling in the wrong place. It, there was a rock, and it was about to break the drill. Do you remember? I knew exactly what he was talking about. I just didn't tell him. You know why? Because at night when I'm tired, I started to go back to looking at surfing videos on YouTube. And then I see, oh, what's happening with Putin at the moment in the Ukraine? And then, oh, car magazine reviews on the... Uh, and I find myself starting to drill in the world. And the Lord spoke to me, stop it. And so I, I stopped it. I repented. I just want to let you all know that too. You can hold me accountable. But I found myself getting down, getting depressed, getting absorbed with the world and the world's things because I was drilling in the wrong place. And this week, the whole week, after sessions in Wellington, I went home, opened my Bible. Lord, here I am. Speak to me. And oh, the beauty of His presence. And so He says, don't drill in the wrong place. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't watch TikTok and Instagram and Facebook with every spare second. You know, the great counseling advice, the person comes to the, the, the counselor and says, you know, I'm really struggling with this, I'm really struggling with that, I'm really struggling with this. What should I do? He says, stop it. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. 
Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given you. Remember, we're part of something that seems to be alive, but individually we can be dead. Are we contributing? Are we sold out for the Lord? Are we every day? Just as your bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That's message number three. Amen?